The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers who are in the house and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. Where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who's on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. For our Muslims, for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you want to catch the live video portion of the radio show, you can head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com. Scroll down right here on the right side of the page. And we are going live right on the right side of the page there. You can also, while you're there, if you so choose to help us out, and you see Lynn over there in the corner. She thought she was hiding somewhere, but uh, <clears throat> I caught her. I caught her dancing to the music earlier, um, <clears throat> and I don't know why that's showing up on the screen, but it is. If you'd like to donate and help us out um, to do all that we do, there's a donate button here at SonsLibertyMedia.com. Just click on that if you'd like to make a one-time donation, or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of Liberty, and you click this link here at the top of Sons of Liberty Media, and you can set yourself up there. You can also pick up any of our attire um hats t-shirts we got the dog tags in there uh coffee mugs water bottles comic books there's a whole slew of stuff in there you can pick that up in the store and it also helps us out as well and then finally if you will sign up for our email newsletter you get one email a night it gives you the articles that brad and i put out along with our contributors including lynn uh lynn's is up this morning right here in the main page uh from yesterday and we don't rent your email out. We don't sell it or anything like that. So just sign up for it. That helps support us as well, and we appreciate it very much. You can also catch us <clears throat> excuse me, on the live video feed at uh, Bradley's Twitter account at BradleyDean1, Periscope and Twitch at Setting Brushfires, Facebook at BradleyDeanSOL, our YouTube channel. Just search Bradley Dean. You'll find it there on YouTube. Uh, before it's news.com, we're, we're live there this morning as well as well as DLive.TV at The Sons of Liberty and Cutting Edge TV on Roku. We appreciate you guys as well. Um, and I think that's all the formalities. If you want to call in, you want to give a comment, you got a question for Lynn, feel free to do that. Do so in this hour, 215-TOP-TALK, 215-867-8255, 215-TOP-TALK, 215-867-8255. No Chinese buffet, just stick to the topic. And we'd love to hear from you this morning if you want to call in. All right. 
It's uh, Rotten to the Core Wednesday, and as always, we bring uh, the Common Core diva, Lynn Taylor, on. And uh, Lynn, this is our last week together here in 2020, and we've been Mm -hmm. covering for this month really what God has to say about uh, education. And this is an important issue. It's a very important issue for people to understand. I've said it all along. This isn't, you know, oh, somebody's laptop got found and there's possible kitty porn on there and China's involved and, you know, virus hoaxes and stuff like this. There's, It's not this kind of thing that kind of, I don't know, tantalizes people, but it's it's this thing that is probably one of the most important things within the culture. In fact, when I had G. Edward Griffin on, we replayed him on Christmas Day, the interview I did with him. He's this. He said this is really the single most prevalent thing that is a really big deal in the push for Marxist Leninism, um, and and so we have to understand that we're being cut off at the knees in the education system. And I know a lot of people have uh, really praised the president over the 1776 deal that he wants to promote, which I'm fine with in the executive branch. He can do that in the executive branch and cut off that stuff, and that's a good thing. But then when they start trying to overreach and start dealing with education in the states and in the family, that's where the problem comes because... They're not authorized to do that. That is the jurisdiction of the home. And uh, we go over that every week. Deuteronomy 6, the creator, you know that, the one who our forefathers mentioned in the Declaration of Independence, guys? Our creator said that is the responsibility of mom and dad, specifically fathers in that in that instance, that we're to have God's commandments in our heart and we're to teach them diligently to our children. When we're rising up, when we're laying down, when we're walking in the way, there'll be as guideposts, there to be as frontlets between our eyes, or to be bound on our hand, uh, there to be written uh, throughout our home. These are the things that we're to do as parents. That education is the responsibility of parents, not government. And so this this uh, month, we've been kind of covering what Scripture has to say about that. We're going to continue that today. We're going to hit a couple of other topics as well that's uh, in the news. And so what do you got for us uh, laid up for today, Lynn? Well, thank you and good morning. And uh, we are going to be going from Galatians all the way through James. Uh, We've got several passages uh, that we want to talk about. But the main focus of all these verses uh, from today's um, show, Tim, dovetail into the rest of the month. And that is to clearly show that there is a war on education that's actually biblical. we know that we've had um, the rest of the month of the interviews that we've done on this. So if you're not sure what I mean, go back and listen. I'm sure we can throw those in the archives for everybody. Um, we also know that we need to understand uh, we shouldn't be surprised that there's a war on education because we know that the enemy is out to get our children. And so uh, it's very interesting what we're seeing happen in real time here in America, uh, as well as across the globe in education and how governments are coming in saying, you know, not even the families have jurisdiction anymore, nor the sense to um, educate their own children. Yeah, it's it's really a shame that the parents have not stood up. And I made mention of this the other day. Excuse me. People are going to think I have COVID. We're going to have the COVID police drop in and behind. The um, It's interesting. I mentioned that the other day, uh, that the people have just allowed that. 
and they you we read these stories where the drag queen story hours are taking place in the schools. We read where they're coming in and teaching the pillars of Islam and asking the children to to act like they're converts to Islam. We we see where the LGBTQ kind of agendas in there. We've seen over decades where evolution has been pushed in as though it's fact rather than a theory that man has come in to suppress the truth and unrighteousness, to teach the children. And over and over again, the parents get upset. They go down there and give their public school officials, you know, down the road. Then they go right back to doing the same thing. And I said, it's kind of like taking your child to somebody and saying, hey, will you watch my child? You pay him money. And then they molest your child. And you go over there and you give them a good tongue lashing. And then the next day you take your kid back over there. It's the same thing. And um, <clears throat> the, as long as parents are going to continue to, you know, toss their babies to the beast, so to speak, uh, they shouldn't be surprised when, they're, when their kids come out as status themselves. Right. Ab- absolutely. And I know Pastor Bodie Bauckham, um years ago was really brilliant when he said, you know, don't wonder why your kids come home Romans when you, you know, you let them go hang out with Caesar or all day long. But one of the things that we need to point out, and one of the things that I love that we do every week is that we point, it's not just the public school system. We've seen this, as you said in the opening, it's a cultural shift and cultural uh, shifts do help educate, just not in the, you know, brick and mortar way. So we're seeing this pop up in church schools, private schools. We're seeing it overreach into home schools, community programs. You know, those story hours are not necessarily at the schools. Those are at our public libraries where we all have access. I mean, you know, I know many, many homeschoolers who love to go hang out at the libraries and the museums. And every one of these entities are per- participating in this shift away from what God wanted education to be, which was a family-oriented, family-driven activity into a status-funded activity. And uh, I know you'll put these in the resources, but in the email that I sent you for today's show, I have five different articles, Tim, that show from different perspectives, how this is not just public education, but uh, throughout our communities as well. And we can, as we've done in the past, we have traced it all back to the Noahide laws. And when that was taken in as a day of education and how it has helped shift our culture in America ever since then, and that was the days of Jimmy Carter. I also have for the audience resources on more in-depth information on James, Jesus's brother, and um, how he was persecuted for his beliefs and how I know that, you know, we're being persecuted for ours and it's fixing to really ramp up. So, you know, we've got a lot that we can cover today. All right. And uh, just so people understand, this will be at this will be archived at sonsoflibertymedia.com. Now, what I do is, for those of you who don't know, uh, sonsoflibertymedia.com, I'm the editor there. I'll put it up as an as an article. It'll be the video portion of the show. There'll be a podcast. And then we'll have all these things that we're going to cover today will be linked there so that you can do your own homework. We, we want to give it to you, but as I said yesterday, we want you have to be the one to decide. We can't make you do something or tell you, you know, what to think and how to think it. Uh, you've got to do it yourself. So we like to provide that information so you guys can go behind us and then you can say, yep, I want to see the information. 
I want to see the evidence. So that will be at sonsoflibertymedia.com. It'll be by the same title as it is on the video platforms, which is uh, God versus Man, uh, Who Wins in the Arena of Education. So you'll look for that title there today. And also, once that's up, I come back into the YouTube channel, for instance, and I'll put the link in the description. Okay, it'll say see more here, and you can click on that and go right over to it. So just letting people know, because I know a lot of people come in and they go, well, where's the evidence? Where's the documents? Where's that video that you were playing? Where's this and that? I put it all together after the show. It's usually up before lunch. Usually it is. And, um, and, and that way that you guys can go and, uh, and, and educate yourself on it. You can say, Hey, let me look at the evidence. Yeah, I agree with that. I need to be doing that. Um, this is something that we need to, to, to move in that direction. Or if you got any corrections, Hey, hit that contact button on sons of Liberty media.com, send me an email and we'll, we'll make any corrections that we need to correct. But, uh, that way we give you, you guys, we arm you with the tools that you can use to take action, uh, there in your own home. Liam. Absolutely, we do. And just remember, you know, uh, your children are not my responsibility. Your children are your responsibility. So when I stand before God, he's not going to ask me, did you do enough to help educate so-and-so's child? He's going to ask me, you know, what did you do for your child? So you need to think about it that way. We can only give you so much information here, but you need to remember you are ultimately responsible for your family and your children. Yep. And our job is just to encourage you. Uh, hopefully we're encouraging one another here and we're being challenged as well. Um, just as good soldiers do, right? And when they get in the thick of battle, they don't encourage each other to retreat. They encourage each other to be faithful and to stand strong. And so that's what we want to do for those of you who are listening, that we want it to be as a source of encouragement, not as a source of beating you over the head. Absolutely. And as we approach 2021, we absolutely need to not only stick together, but to constantly encourage each other. Because I know people are going, oh, well, you know, 2020 has been awful and blah, 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 blah. Um, But, you know, we're not promised what the future is going to be, but we just need to be armed and ready. And so that's been part of our goal this entire month is to help arm you so you can be ready. And with that, let's jump in to Galatians And we're going to start with uh, chapter 1, verse 12. All right. Galatians chapter 1, verse 12 says, For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it by the revelation of Jesus Christ. And Paul speaking there specifically of the gospel that he preaches. Right. And what we need to understand here is this this was um, a call to apostleship. And that Paul is recognizing that, you know, his words and his thoughts as he leads all these people are not necessarily his own, but God. So he has to be tuned into the truth. He has to be tuned into the right thing. And we can apply that to our modern day lives. We can also apply that to education. You know, if our our actions and our values and our attitudes and beliefs have somehow been infiltrated by something that's beyond the family, that's a dangerous thing. Well, absolutely. Because then we start following our own ways and then when we do that, then we that's where we get in trouble. That's what the Bible talks about. There's a way that seems right unto man. The end thereof leads to death. And so you're right. Paul said, what I learned, I learned from God. Um, mm-hmm. He went through the scriptures, and those he taught were told the Bereans. They went behind him, and they said, let's just make sure that this guy is, you know, keeping up with what scripture says. And so they skir- they searched the scriptures daily to see whether or not what he was saying was true. Right. And I wonder how many people do that today with what's coming down the pike through education. Uh, You know, I really, really 
wonder, do they? I mean, I know there are a lot of people out there who they want to see what is in their children's uh, lesson or they want to see the resources, but are we doing enough of that? Yeah, I'm not sure. I can tell you that on this show, though, I noticed there are several people who pick up when either Bradley brings in uh, scripture or I bring in scripture, they're taking and they're writing it down or they're flipping to it while we're talking and looking it up for themselves. And I'm, I'm thrilled that they're doing that kind of stuff. I know that there are people who go right. to the site. Um, they've said they've appreciated the fact that we take all that information, we put it in one place when we do a show so they can look at it themselves, so they can come to their own conclusions. So I know there are people who back up both in both with scripture and also with the information we give out on the show, they actually go do that. So I think that's a good thing for them to go do. It absolutely is. And thank you for doing that. And one thing that even when we're not in the Bible, that's one thing that you and I have meticulously done through our entire series of how many ever shows we've done is that you have consistent information so that you can go and check it out for yourselves. Galatians 6 verses 6 through 10 is our next stop. All right, and in that passage we read, Let him who has taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are the household of faith. Very, very good. Uh, lots of wonderful, wonderful family applications there. I know in my study Bible, it was uh, focusing that we should honor and care for our teachers, especially uh, their needs, because back in the day, it wasn't that your teacher was given a government paycheck. Your teacher was cared for and provided for by the local community. And especially if we're educating at home, we need to make sure that, you know, those who are educating us in the home, that their needs are taken care of. And, you know, in this cutthroat society, especially in the name of, you know, sequestering and, and COVID and all that, it's all been, you know, take care of me, take care of me, take care of myself, you know, don't worry about anybody else, you know, because they'll get through it somehow. And this is a wrong attitude. We should always, always respect those who are older than us, those who are serving us. And, you know, you look at the way that the teachers in the public sector, in the higher education sector, or in the community who are, you know, informal teachers, how they're being treated, how the system is, you know, grinding them down and driving them to sheer madness, sometimes suicide, sometimes to, you know, commit crimes that they never thought they would. So are we truly caring for those who are taking their time and are following their lead to, to teach our children. Yep, and there's also the application, I might add, uh, for those mm -hmm. who have elders in their church, that the Apostle Paul referenced the Old Testament and not muzzling the ox, and also taking care of those who labor in the Word of God in prayer or, or in doctrine, as he as he refers to it, and that we're to care for them, those guys too. And that's not a that's not a, a push for tithing. It's a push to make sure that if you have a good elder who teaches you the word of God, you should be one who looks after him. Absolutely. And I think that's part of the, the platform that we use, you know, in, in uh, the Sons of Liberty, uh, 
uh, ministry. I know um, there are several of us who are independent researchers, and we are not asking for help, but we're letting you know, hey, we might have a need here that, you know, I'm giving you all this, so here's a way that you can give back to me. And scripture says that we should let each other know what we need. But again, for our teachers, are we doing what we can to not only care for their needs, but let them know, hey, are you aware of the systematic demise that is being targeted towards you, uh, being directed towards you so that you can be ground down and uh, replaced by a computer. Well, it's not only that. You remind me of uh, the the old the, the film done by what was it, Colin Gunn, uh, Indoctrination, and yeah. how he was pointing out that the teachers even then were there was a more or less a demoralization that was going on with teachers, even Christian teachers. Right. Um, and I believe there was one lady in there when she was confronted with it. It just uh, she was so convicted she got out of that system because um, she thought, well, I'm I'm in there. I'm having a Christian influence and stuff. But when she started looking at, well, I'm submitting to the mandates that says I can't bring God into this. I can't bring Jesus into this and that and the other. They're mandates, which are unbiblical and they're unconstitutional, too. Uh, because wow. when you become a teacher, just because you're paid by the state doesn't mean, it really doesn't mean that you give up your right to the free exercise of religion in that capacity. It doesn't mean that at all. But that's part of the that's part of the strings that come along with being an agent of the state. And like it or not, public school teachers they become agents of the state in that matter. And this is why right. uh, when you see them coming out and demanding all this other stuff and doing all this other these other things, you know, I have to say it's not to, an attack on teachers. It's just to say, man, where is your mentality at uh, that, that but, you're going right. in and doing those kinds of things? Right, and we have to understand that the Common Core machine, one of the things that it wanted to do was to get rid of those older um, teachers who were steeped in some of these ways you're talking about and replace them with barely educated, fast-tracked young people who had no moral um, or, or very little moral standing or very little education experience. And so we've seen that play out to a detriment as well. But we need to understand that when you're an agent of the state in the public system, that's very identifiable. But with the moves that the government is making, especially this new executive order that Trump just signed, that is giving uh, vouchers if you will, in the name of emergency scholarships to homeschool families and co-ops and micro schools. But now you're turning your families into agents of the state as well. So we have to be very, very careful when we're talking about agents of the state and who is and who isn't. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to Ephesians. Now we have a huge chunk of Ephesians um, chapter six, we're going to do verses one through 20. Right. And there's a reason why. Okay, here we go. Ephesians six, one to 20 children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling in singleness of your heart, as unto Christ. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but at, as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service as to the Lord 
and not to men, knowing that whatever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. And ye masters do the same things unto them, forbearing threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with the truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me the utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. All righty. That's quite a bit, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) Okay. All right. One of the things we need to point out from this particular passage, that obedience and respect are not equal. They are partners. Okay. So what we're seeing happen with education, especially from a man-made view, is that we are to obey what we're told to do, but we're not supposed to necessarily respect the person who's telling us what to do. And what we're seeing happen is that shifts over into this social justice warrior. Because if you remember everything you just read about the, you know, the whole armor of God, it's showing us how to prepare to face the things in life. But if you're being steeped in that social justice warrior system, none of that is going on. What's going on is that you're being taught how to be bullied and uh, bullying and militant and, and angry. And, you know, there's, there's a reason that we can be angry and there are justifiable reasons for being angry, but in the way that this is going through education, which is a cultural education, not just a public school one, because I've seen many of those who are outside the public system take on this attitude of social justice warrior. And that is that we're not using God's way to solve problems. We're using men's way to solve problems. We also need to understand that obedience and respect are evident in all types of relationships, but in this passage, it especially is for children and families. We also need to understand that it used uh, the example of slavery. Now, the Bible's not condoning nor condemning slavery. It is acknowledging it exists, and it is also pointing out the way that it needs to be treated, and that that is, is that people have rights and God-given rights that need to be honored. And that's not always the case, is it? Uh, we also see from this passage... Well, let me, let me add something in there. Let me sure. add something in there. Sure. Uh, because sure. the, the slavery issue does come up, and there were yes. different there were different kinds of slavery. There were those who were taken captive after a, a war, 
and things, right. and they were to be cared for. They weren't to be mistreated. They were to be taught the right. law of God, and they were to be set free uh, every seven years after they had been taught the law of God so they could live in the culture. I mean, in a, in a similar way that we do naturalization here, when somebody comes to this country, they have to learn right. the culture. They have to learn the U.S. Constitution. They have to learn to to be an American, if you will. In the same way we would have, if we wanted to go to another country and be a citizen there, we would have to do something very similar. And so a lot, sometimes that would happen there. Then you have other people who are indebted and they would give themselves over to be the slave of that person to work off their debt. And right. what this passage is saying, we could even uh, equate it to employers and employees and how we deal with one another in that. An employer mm-hmm. is not to be mean and nasty uh, to his employees and neither are the employees to be that way towards their employer. They're to work as unto the Lord is what it says. And then those, those employers are to treat them well, uh, as, as if they're showing, um, God in the flesh, if you will, that, I mean, I often say that about parents that we are to our children, um, God, not that we're God, but we're, we're to be them. We're to be an example or picture of who God is to them. The same thing happens in that kind of relationship as well. Right, and what we're seeing happen with our um, education system is, especially with the shift away from academics um, to workforce, and we're seeing this even come in through the career tech education, the apprenticeships, the science, technology, and engineering that is coming in through, you know, private schools and homeschools and all that kind of stuff. What we're seeing is that our children, whether they're in the public system or not, are becoming indentured servants to the government. Uh, because it's usually tied to either the workforce shift that we have to be trained to go fill a job or it's through the funding. And that's not, that's not teaching responsibility and integrity in our work. What that is teaching is that I need to go be part of an anti-state because the government will therefore take care of me. And that is so not what this entire passage is about when it comes to work or employers or employees or indebtedness to uh, those who you owe something to. Yep. Okay. All right, let's move on to Colossians. We're going to go to chapter 3, and we're using verses 16 and 17. All right, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Okay. Nine times out of 10, what we're seeing happen in education across the board is that um, it's not for God. It's for us. It's so that we can hurry up and learn so we can go hurry up and earn. And if you don't believe that, listen, go back and listen to some of the campaign promises that were given uh, in this previous election. I mean, I've got uh, our, our newly elected lieutenant governor. He had several ads about okay, so a four-year college isn't for you, but you can go over here to the community college and you can fast-track your education so that you can go ahead and hurry up and get a job. And we're seeing, you know, I'm not picking on him, but we're seeing many politicians carry that banner about education when they have no business carrying that banner of education. Also, listen to this verse, because it's or these verses, because it says that, Um, words and songs were used to help teach, not artificial intelligence, not algorithms that 
uh, reward or punish you, but words and songs. And what are we seeing happen to our textbooks? What are we seeing happen to our library resources? They're being culled so that anything with real meat and bones is taken away. And all that's left is that you know, sour tasting milk and, you know, scriptures full of verses about that sort of thing as far as your spiritual maturity. Absolutely. And uh, let, let me just address something that was just said uh, in the chat that says um, uh, we're, we're not meant to work. Well, I, I, I think that the scripture goes against that. We are to work, but mm-hmm. the issue is I don't think the idea is um, that we're that that's that that's the end all that that's the goal. The goal of our work is to glorify God. We Absolutely. read, for instance, <clears throat> we read, for instance, in Second Thessalonians chapter three, verse ten, that the one who does not work should not eat. So a, a work, uh, well, it's work. It's to it's to provide for yourself. That's the whole idea. Um, it is to it not only just provide for yourself, but it is to provide so that you have a sustenance and an, an excess, so that you can take care of the poor, so you can you can give to others even as you've been given to. Um, I'm thinking. Now, of let an, me point out something, Tim. You just sure. brought it up. You know, if you don't work, you don't eat. Yep. And we've said this on previous shows before. There is a video out there that is tied to an assessment that is used not only in public schools, but it's used in job centers. So let's say I homeschooled and I'm going down to the job center and I'm going to, you know, go apply for a job. There's this assessment that is given. It's called the work keys assessment. And what happens is that it pigeonholes you as far as what jobs you can have. It also goes and tells you in this particular video that I have on my blog, it's in the resources. You can Google it and I mean, Google commoncoreDiva.com and in the search bar, type in work keys. That's two words run together. The W and the K of each are capitalized, but it's run together. And it's uh, put out by one of the Common Core Machine uh, entities called ACT, which gives you the... um, oh goodness, the assessment that you're supposed to use to help to get you into college. But what this work keys does, and it's on this video, is you have the person telling you, look, you don't take this assessment, you don't get a job. Uh, excuse me, you don't get credentials. And if you don't get credentials, you don't get a job. And if you don't get a job, then you don't eat. And so then we see, okay, here comes the government in with this systematic crushing right. of, I have to be credentialed to go work. And if I don't have this credential, I can't not only work in my town, I can't work anywhere. Yeah. Well, there's, you know, there, there are some other things that came up in my mind. I was making mention um, to the person who was, who was coming in Genesis two and three, when God put a man in the garden, he put him there and he was to, he was to till the garden and he was to, to work the land as it were. Uh, we're told in the old Testament there was, you know, the idea that that the people are working in the land. It's, it's largely an agricultural co- culture, and so as as such, they were working. And even their poor. The interesting thing about even their poor, when they glint, when the people who had fields and they they worked the fields and everything, and they harvested, they were only go through once, and whatever they left behind, they were to leave for the poor. They weren't to go through a second time. And so the poor, when they came in, they didn't get a handout. They asked if they can go and work in that vineyard or in that field mm-hmm. and they could collect it for themselves they they weren't to get a handout they were to be offered the opportunity to go into work in that but now that's different and this may be what uh the 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 person in the chat is getting at 
that's different than the person who basically turns themselves over into being, um, you know, a, a piece of machinery for the big machine and, uh, right. and, and that work. And that may be what's, what's going on. I don't, I don't want to misunderstand what they're saying, but I, I did want to hit that because all throughout the scripture we find in Ecclesiastes, it says, whatever you find with your hand to do, uh, with your hands, do it with all your might. And the idea mm-hmm. is whatever we're doing, um, you know, if it's, you know, just, I don't know, flipping a burger somewhere, or if it's digging a ditch, or if it's writing articles, or if it's being on the radio, or if it's, you know, investigative journalism, or if it's, uh, pick your thing. Uh, what was the thing that, uh, David sent me log, log splitting and stuff like that. Whatever you do, we're supposed, <laughs> yeah. we're supposed to do it for the glory of God. And I, this is the part that's missing. Now it's all for the, it's directed simply at us. What can I get out of it? What kind of degree am I going to get? What kind of job am I going to get? How much money am I going to make? Yeah. Those kinds of things rather than saying, um, how am I going to best glorify God and whatever I, whatever it is I put my hand to, because I tell my kids, um, you know, some of them, uh, well, they all work jobs per se, but I want to encourage them to also uh, be those who seek to be entrepreneurs too. And I think that's the thing that's being dummied down, that this this entrepreneurial spirit. There's a lot of people that have it. And when you get into issues like what we're talking about, where the state comes in and wants to control you in this manner, then what they want to do is they want to keep you down. So they're the mm-hmm. ones who are you know above you, so to speak. It's part of the curses. You read Deuteronomy chapter 28. It's part of the curses that you become the tail. You're not the head anymore, and you're going to be the one who is borrowing, not lending. All of this kind of stuff kind of happens all together because it's, you know, I think God uh, put within, uh, you know, the atmosphere of our lives. He's put within it when we when we sin against His law. There is the consequence that that invaluably, invariably, excuse me comes with that sin. It just automatically is there as a result of us disobeying him. Right. And, uh, you know, we need to be careful. Uh, I'm not saying don't teach entrepreneurship. I'm not uh, saying that at all, but we need to be very careful because nine times out of 10, that leads to small business and small business is under direct attack through the United States, Mexico, Canada agreement. And we're seeing that play out right now. I mean, you know, you see in the COVID, whatever you want to call it, uh, however many percentages of small businesses that are closing that are not coming back. And I know on Adley's show yesterday afternoon, we were talking about this in the chat room, and that is it was a purpose systematic shift so that the government could come in and either A, take over the small business so they could run it, or they could decide uh, which uh, big corporation would overtake it. And these are not going to be Americans governing Americans as it should be, um, as our Constitution laid it out under biblical principles. These are going to be people who are internationally sitting on a committee going, "Okay, I want Tim and Lynn to go over here and they're going to do this and they're going to have to like it because we're not going to give them an option to not like it. Yeah. And don't don't think, folks, that that's not where we're headed to, that this has been. Uh, Lynn, I know for, and we're coming up on almost two years that you and I have been doing yep. uh, shows together, and uh, this is something we've hit on just constantly, is that's where they're pushing us. We're going into a communist workforce. That's what they want to put everybody in, 
And mm-hmm. look, the Trump administration is no different, folks. If you think it is, you are sorely deceived. You really are, because you could go back through the archives that we have. Lynn's done just incredible work in pulling out exactly what not only Trump, but his family and his cabinet have been pushing in the uh, arena of global education agenda. They just have been pushing it just like the guys before them. It's it's no different. The rhetoric wow. sounds a little different. But the actions are the same. They keep going in the same direction. They're not putting the brakes on and stopping and going in the other direction. That's repentance, by the way. They're keeping going in the other direction. They've just changed the rhetoric up so you buy into it. They put another jersey on the political figure to push it down that way. And it keeps going the same way. Right. And with that, let's jump to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. All right. Hebrews 2 verse 1 says, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Aha. In other words, the truth is not going to die no matter if we do or not. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I just wanted to throw that one in because, you know, a lot of what's being taught culturally is not the truth. Well, that's a, that's absolutely right. That was some of the things that I was talking about that comes through not only in the public public education system, but it's coming through in the mainstream media. If I could give an example, you know, we've been kicked off of YouTube for uh, covering the Trafalgar Square protests, uh, for ha- having people like Dr. Kerry Madej on uh, to talk about what's in the vaccines and actually read the ingredients off of the packaging, and and YouTube doesn't want us to tell you that. Um, we, in fact, we got a uh, uh, one of our videos that I did the other day, what was what day was it? Monday, uh, got an age rating on it. Doesn't have pornography. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. It doesn't have pornography. Doesn't have profanity. Doesn't have any of that other stuff. But you can go if you're a kid. You can go see all the dirty music videos and all the other junk that's out there. And you don't have to sign in. You don't have a, an age restriction. But if you if you want some uh, different angles of the Nashville bombing, well, we need you to sign in for that, right? So, and, and we've got that with Kate too, the people targeting us with Kate coming on on Saturdays because she's telling people the truth about health and nutrition. And here we had yesterday, I put out the, the story at sonsoflibertymedia.com. There was a nurse in Tennessee and she got the vaccination and she developed Bell's palsy. Now we, we were reporting on the Bell's palsy three or four weeks ago, a month ago, something like that. That these were that these were some of the adverse effects that were coming out from some of the vaccines. That that is educating the people on the truth. But what you hear from mainstream, what you hear from the president who wants to take credit for the vaccine, what you hear from the big pharma companies is always, "Oh, this is so wonderful. This is um, this is safe." And effective. It's almost the same kind of terminology they use to talk about abortion. It's safe and legal. It's neither abortion's neither safe nor is it legal. It's not lawful, that's for sure. And the same thing happens with these vaccines. They're not. They've not been proven to be safe and effective either one. And yet here's this nurse. Um, you know, and I. My heart went out to her. I mean, it was clear she was. It was a heartbreaking little one minute thing that she had. But the fact of the matter is. The information's there if people want the truth. The problem is, Lynn, people don't want the truth. They want quick solutions or what they perceive as solutions. Again, I go back to uh, what Scripture says. There's a way that seems right unto man. The end thereof leads to death. And here's this, here's this poor woman. 
because of her because of the ignorance of what was going on there, she has this Bell's palsy. Now it's usually that's not something that lasts a long time. It might be thirty days, forty five days, something like that. But the fact of the matter is, it's still done that done its damage to her, and um, and and then nobody's held accountable. There is no justice there. And that's, again, the one thing over and over and over and over and over again you'll hear on this show is that is the one thing that continues to be lacking in our country is justice. The one thing that's lacking. Right. Well, you know, no, people don't want the truth. They want what's popular. It's a, what's known as a bandwagon fallacy. And that is, you know, if 50 million people believe a lie. It's still a lie, but you've got a huge number who believe it. And because there are so many of them, what are they doing? They're helping keep that going. So this is why it's so important that, you know, we do get the truth, even if it's unpopular, even if your voice shakes when you say it, it's still the truth. And with that, we're going to hop over to James. Now we're going to do James a little bit differently. Instead of reading the passage from chapter one first, I want us to go to chapter three And we're reading verses 13 through 17. All right. James chapter 3, 13 through 17. Uh Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. The wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. All right. Very good. Now, that particular passage shows us that worldly wisdom is absolutely versus godly wisdom. So the two are opposed to each other. And in my particular study Bible, here are some examples. And this is not only education, but this can apply to our, our walks with God. Okay. Um, when your speech is motivated and full of bitterness, envy, self-seeking, earthly concerns or desires, unspiritual thoughts and ideas, confusion and evil. Okay. That's the world. Here comes God and his wisdom. Uh, You think about mercy. Your speech is full of mercy, love for others, peace, consideration, submission, sincerity, impartiality, and righteousness. All right. Those are the two differences. And I can tell you, if you go back especially to the social justice movement that we're seeing that's taking, you know, climate change and all the other issues that seem to be so earthly, what is the uh, what is the speech so full of? It's not peace and consideration for others. They say it will be, but it won't. Now, with that said, Tim, if you will go to the resource number four for the audience, this is the justification from the scholarly circles that be um, that somehow show the biblical message of peace and uh, God's wisdom is mirrored in the United Nations work. There you go. Scroll down. People can find that resource in the archives. But yet here you have someone have the audacity to say that the peace that God talks about is the same that's in the United Nations. And 
You know what? It's not because the United Nations is rooted in secular humanism, which is so anti-God, it's not even funny. Yep. Now, you can do a preview of that particular um, resource, Tim, I think. Um, I said it needed to be enlarged. There it is right there. Nowadays, there's confusion about the identity of the real peacemakers. Um, are the national representatives in the United Nations or the Christian theologians concerned with peace issues um, about world peace? Now, this particular doctor goes in and tackles this particular uh, topic. I'm sure this would be a fascinating read, but here are the things that he focuses on. War, conflict resolution, human rights, economic development, political uh, philosophy, ethnic violence, interreligious dialogue, and more. And if you look at what the Bible says about every one of those, it's not going to be mirrored in the UN. But here we have someone who's going to tell you, yes, it is, and going to seek to prove how. Right. Well, the UN, again, we get back to these issues where uh, things like the UN, uh, where they are setting themselves up as God. I mean, they don't bring God into anything. Uh, in fact, their God, as far as I can tell, is Gaia. It's the earth. I guess they think the science this is, too. They're, yeah, they're they're purporting absolutely. don't science as yep. a god that's to it, replace that, our god. Yeah, that's exactly right. They've got their own priest. That's the, that's their quote unquote scientists. And again, folks, remember Paul warned Timothy about uh, false science or science so called. And uh, it's amazing to me all these people that are backtracking who push the Big Bang stuff. You know, their, their theory, and the, the more they learn, the more they have to come to the conclusion that the stuff they're coming up with to try to uh, deviate from what Scripture says about creation uh, and time and all of this other, the more they're having to backtrack off of the thing. I mean, honest ones. I'm not talking about the ones who keep pushing the agenda and are, and are caught in that little paradigm that they're pushing. I'm talking about ones right. who are actually doing real science. Right. Well, let's move to James right. 1, verses 2 through 5. This is our last passage of our entire series, and this is why I wanted to end here. So go ahead and read that. Okay. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Okay. This is telling us to make wise decisions in difficult times, and we cannot make a wise decision if we're rooted on lies instead of the truth. We also need to understand that the enemy knows this and is using false positive messages to draw us in. And this is why we're seeing not only the... Uh, families being so compromised in education, but our literal churches are being compromised because they're not going back to the word. And one of the reasons why I wanted to focus on James and one of the reasons why I have some of the uh, resources to find out more about James in the archives is because James was Jesus's older brother and he was very influ influential, excuse me, in the early church. Um, he is listed in the Fox's Book of Martyrs because, yes, he was um, martyred. He was uh, the Pharisees threw him off a building, Tim, and when he survived, they yep, decided they, to bash his head in. Yep, that's exactly so, right. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I wanted to point in the fact that he was a leader of the early church. He also 
had a good relationship with Paul. Now, they didn't agree. And here's what um, I found out, that James was considered more conservative and Paul was considered more liberal when it came to the issue of circumcision. And the lesson we can learn from that is that because they had different perspectives, it didn't mean that they were bad. It meant that they were different based on their belief system and that they were needing to work together based on God's word. And we're not seeing any of that happen. Well, I think that's, I think that's part of the, uh, the, the parts of the body issue. I mean, I really do think that's part of what that is. We could look at somebody like a Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and theologically, mm-hmm. we, some people might say, well, he was a liberal. But in his actions, what was he demonstrating? He was demonstrating he was a Christian. Right. And, and that's, that's the part that gets me. I, I mean, I think we need both hand in hand. Don't get me wrong. But, oh, yeah. But no, God's, that's the, I wasn't trying to say we didn't. I, right. yeah, we need to work together. And we're not seeing people want to work together yep. in the right spirit. And, and you're right. You know, if, if uh, James was considered conservative, well, sign me up because I will tell you, he is, that book is probably my, my favorite of the entire Bible because he is so practical and he is so in your face about where you need to be. Um, and, and I think we need that in today's time. We also need a lot of Paul's wisdom as well. I think it depends on the situation. And see, what we're seeing happen in education is that our kids are not coming out equipped enough to handle any situation like you and I will not near as much as you and I were, and let's look at it. Because when we came out of high school, we didn't know exactly what job we were going into. We were not career-tracked into a certain place. We were given a basic education, and then from there, it was a foundation enough for us to go on and to do other things, Um, and we're not seeing that happen. No, that's exactly right. And I I do think that there is a, a place of common ground uh, for people to unite who may be of different, even political persuasions. But the fact of the Absolutely. matter is there ha- that, that, that common ground has to be the law. It, I mean, it has to be the law. And so when right. the same thing happens in Christianity, in Ephesians, we're given teachers and pastors and uh, the, the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and all of these things were given for the unity of the faith, for the building up of one another. And what are we to be united around? Uh, the truth, the scriptures, the faith, the real faith, the once for all given to the saints faith. Um, but we're out of time. And so, Lynn, yep. you got about 15 seconds. Tell people where they can find out more about you. Okay, commoncordiva.com. If you feel so led to financially bless, there is a donate button. If not, prayer support is absolutely needed, especially finishing up a series like this. You can find me Facebook, Twitter, Parlor, Freely, MeWe, uh, localactivist.org, Breaking News Journal on Roku and Amazon, and I think that's it. Okay, all right. Well, Lynn, we appreciate you as always joining us on Wednesdays for Rotten the Core Wednesdays. Tomorrow, guys. Yep, 23 (laughs) hours. We'll talk to you. See ya.